Uh, thanks for finding us on a Thursday evening and welcome to Caching in the Northwest. You know this is the only podcast dedicated to geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. We're going to talk about caches and captures <coughs> unique to this little corner of the continent. So while you're waiting in line for your first pumpkin spice latte of the season, we'll be caching in the Northwest. Beware, pumpkin spice everything is coming. <clears throat> well, you know, that means it's time to bring in our pumpkin-flavored pygmy marmoset. Some say, if Muppets made puppets of people, you'd have Land Monkey. And others say he's never won a game of Limbo. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. Well, if Muppets made puppets of people, we'd probably be in Limbo, but uh, hmm. we'll take what we can get. I just don't uh, want to know where their hand is, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Those rascally Muppets sticking their hands in places they shouldn't. All right. Uh, sorry, did we just change the rating on the podcast? No. No? Good. Perfect. All right. And well, Those aren't pillows. I was thinking the cookie jar. I don't know what you were thinking. I Okay, sure. That sounds good. Um, good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have my good friends here. And there's a mysterious blue icon called Rosalie on the show. I don't know what this is. Well, I'll tell you, it is our guest for tonight. That's Avro Air. Mark, uh, he's here to discuss GeoCoin Fest 2018. Hello, Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Oh, of course. You're welcome anytime. But we're going to start the show with a quick reminder that we appreciate the support of our patrons who help keep this podcast coming each and every week. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. And as we are wont to do each and every week, mm -hmm. we're going to read a glow. What is a glow? Why, it's a geocaching log of the week. And those are sent in by our intrepid listeners. And we need more of your glows. So send those in to feedback at cachingnw.com. You know what? It's even better if you call it in. You get two points if you call it in. One point if you email. Mm. You can call in to 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. Welcome to Caching in the Northwest, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's exactly hey. right. Hey, thank you, Mr. Perry. <laughs> Yeah, call it in. You get two points, and you don't have to listen to me read it. We'll hear it in your voice. But this week, you're stuck with me. The glow says, I wrote this as a log. This is from CRS98, but it's really more of a milestone report than a glow submission. I thought I'd share it with the Caching in the Northwest community, and thank you for sharing, Cliff. It reads, just over 10 years ago, I had a conversation with my dad on the telephone. He was living outside of Laramie, Wyoming at the time and had been to a party in Fort Collins, Colorado, where some friends of his were talking about their new favorite hobby that was played with a GPS. He had an old GPS of his own and wondered if he, too, could find geocaches. He was really surprised when he created an account and found that there were about 50 caches within 10 miles of his home, which I've always described as being 30 miles past the middle of nowhere. He found a few and thought it was kind of fun and talked to me about it on a telephone call in late July of 2008. I had never heard of geocaching at the time and was absolutely shocked to find out that there were at least 25 within three miles of my house. I, too, pulled out my GPS and gathered the kids, aged 11 and 14 at the time, to go find the nearest one to our house, a guardrail cache in a bridge that I had driven over hundreds of times. That date was July 29th, 2008. 
10 years later, I've found more than 11,000 caches in 18 states and nine other countries all over the world. I found a virtual cache of the Great Pyramid in Egypt, a traditional at the gates of an overlooked Greek ruin on Crete, and several caches on tops of mountains in Switzerland. I found amazing gadget caches and way more lamppost caches than I'd care to count. I've attended events with dozens, hundreds, and even thousands of people from all over the world and made some great friends. So, for my 10th anniversary of my first cache find, I had long ago picked out one of the big geocaching challenge caches that people spend years trying to finish, the Jasmer Challenge. That's requiring a find from a cache placed in every month since geocaching first started. The early years are the real difficult parts of this challenge. There are only four caches in the entire world left that were placed in August of 2000. I found the one in Georgia. I started my day with a find on that challenge, and being a geocacher wasn't about to stop there. With a family event in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho this week, I cached my way across the state, not for the first time, and only arrived a few minutes after my planned arrival time. So thanks to the many cachers who have placed caches out there for me and others to find, I've enjoyed them all. TFTC. How cool is that? Yeah. Wow. 11,000 caches, 18 states, nine countries. It's almost as many as I have. There you go. Well, I have numbers there too. They're just in a different order. And the zeros are up front. (laughs) Leading zeros. Leading zeros, that's right. I know you said some people spend years trying to finish the Jasmine Challenge, but they haven't met Rock Chalk. (laughs) (laughs) He spends weeks. Yeah. Any challenge. Yeah, and then looping it multiple times. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we have a DNF Avenger story from a Caching in the Northwest listener, Cheem. Shem. Shem. Is he one of the Three Stooges? Yes. Okay. Shem. Rooftops in Abbotsford. That's GC2, uh, Queen Delta Echo 3. And the geocache is located very close to my house, and I tried to find it as my very first geocache. I don't think I even signed up at geocaching.com at that point. And I came here and looked and looked and looked and found nothing. My really bad phone GPS had me searching over the length of a catwalk, eight feet by one city block, or I'm, I'm doing this. Maybe six months later, I came and tried again. It's in the catwalk, so I should be able to find it no problem. Problem. And as the neighborhood dog is barking at me, all the neighbors come out running. I run away. Another DNF. After signing up with geocaching.com and starting off for real, I thought, it might be a good idea to come and look for this cache with my rescue puppy. Puppy got bored, started barking, started a barking contest with some muggle dog, and there, out came the neighbors. I'm out of here. DNF. Uh, With some neighbors and a phone with a better GPS, explaining to them how geocaching works and getting their kids involved. We had eight of us there for a little while, digging through leaves, sitting down everywhere, as per the hint. Phone GPS telling us we should climb the fence into the neighbor's yard. Uh, no, that's not following the geocaching code. That can't be right. Gradually dwindling down the three of us to the three of us, 20 minutes later, we decided to pick blackberries. Another DNF. The other day, the weather was great. The family was distracted with screens, and I slipped out of the house with my birthday present, a Garmin e 10. 
which pointed me a little more accurately. I sat, I looked, I tuned my developing geocaching sense, and I saw where what it had to be. I reached out my hand and voila! There was that magnetic nano painted red of all subtle colors. Found it, logged it, checked it off. DNF, you are avenged. Ah, very nice. There you go. <clears throat> By Grabfaw's hammer, you shall be avenged. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's really quite a uh, DNF Avenger story because how many months went through? Uh, was this all going on? This is. Uh, it's over, yeah, over a yeah. month period of time. So, yeah, that's uh, from Chem, uh, a fairly new geocacher uh, up here in British Columbia. So thank you for listening to the show and uh, sending in your DNF Avenger story. Yeah. We love DNF Avenger stories. Absolutely. Send in yours. Well, tonight we've talked about DNF Avenger stories, but we're also going to talk about GeoCoinFest 2018. <laughs> And to do that, we have brought in a guest, Avro Air, to discuss that. So, Avro Air, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Nice to be here. Pleasure to have you. So, let's start off by just making sure we have a bit of an understanding of what we're talking about. Uh, where and when will GeoCoin Fest 2018 be held? Um, so, GeoCoin Fest is a geocaching mega event, uh, travels around the country. And uh, this year, it's going to be held in uh, the Northwest backyard in Issaquah, Washington. And the festivities kick off on uh, Wednesday evening, September 26th. And they run through to the mega event on the Sunday, which will be September 30th. Excellent. So we're talking four days of mega event fun. Pretty much. Now, mega. mega fun. Not just fun, mega fun. Now, what is a geocoin fest? Can you give us a little detail? Um, so GeoCoinFest is basically um, sort of set up like a geocaching trade show. Uh, the actual main event is indoors, um, travels from city to city, um, landed in uh, Seattle this year. And it kind of brings together vendors, gear, geocoins, trackables, apparel, all in one spot. That sounds, <clears throat> sounds great. Sounds like there's a lot to do there. But, you know, okay, People call me weird for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is I I can appreciate geocoins, but they're really not my thing. If if I don't want to buy coins, is there anything else for me to do at a geocoin fest? How dare you? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Wits End. You're been asked to leave the podcast for tonight. <laughs> the tribe has um, spoken. <laughs> so certainly there's an emphasis on trackables, uh, but there's plenty of other geocaching related activities that are free and fun for geocachers. Um, so a couple of these highlights uh, this year, we're doing a Sasquatch coin hunt, which will be um, 30 finding 30 caches. Uh, there's a geocoin uh, poker challenge uh, in which we'll have door prizes as the blinds go up the whole time. Uh, you get to meet signal always fun. Um, and basically like signing a really cool, uh, big log book and, uh, visiting like the salmon, uh, Esquire has a, uh, salmon hatchery in town and the big fish will be in town, um, attending GeoCoin Fest with us. <laughs> and we also have uh triple X root beer, which is, uh, basically a geocache's dive. And, uh, we always go there and, uh, you can sip on root beer, uh, in a 50 style, uh, diner. I nice. knew there was something fishy about GeoCoin Fest. <laughs> but, Extremely. Uh, 
So we had a question in the chat from Three Hams and a Rose about the um, the Geocoin Challenge, the Sasquatch Hunter. But uh, we're going to grab your question, Three Hams, and we're going to put it a little later in the show when we are planning to talk about that in a little more depth. So just so you know, we haven't forgotten you. We haven't missed you. Um, but we'll get to it then. All right. Um, so while we're talking about stuff going on at the event, the question everybody always wants to know about mega events, will there be lab caches? And if so, what will they be like? Are, are there any teasers you can give us? Uh, yes. Actually, we have two sets of 10 lab caches uh, for the Sasquatch coin hunt. Um, 10 of them will be 10 new gag gadget caches by uh, Chad Champion. He's a local cacher, also known as Bounce Bounce. I'm sure people have done a bunch of his caches. And the other 10 will be virtual hides that are uh, around the uh, Issaquah area, sort of on the historic plaques and taking you to some cool spots and stuff like that. So that's two-thirds of the Sasquatch hunt will be lab caches. Very cool. Sounds great. Yeah, Bounce Bounce is an amazing gadget cache builder. We love his stuff. We do. So I don't completely hate geocoins, but you know, they're just not my favorite thing. If maybe I am interested in geocoins and, and trackables and things, what is there at geocoin fits me to check out? Can I, can I actually buy things there? Do I have to trade? What's the, what's the deal? Um, so there is a trading pit. Uh, basically, uh, you'll have geocaches from all over the world, bringing coins that you can trade. Um, but also we'll have vendors who are selling coins, uh, a bunch of people selling coins, all kinds of things. Each of the side events themselves uh, will have um, an event coin. So we have an event for kickoff event at um, Rogue Ale House, which is right next to the hatchery. So we made a salmon coin. So we'll be uh, those will be available for purchase as well. So we'll have poker chip coins for the poker. We'll have 57 Chevys. We'll have Sasquatch Hunter coins. And of course, we'll also have the uh, main event coin, which we haven't revealed quite yet. Well, you have to have some secrets. There you go. Do the salmon coins come in a roll? Hmm. Are they smoked? <laughs> no, but we did. We do. We do have a rainbow one, and so we're just calling out the rainbow trout just to make it easier. But... Nice. Nice. Very cool. I just nice. had to throw that in there. Well, the city in which you're hosting the GeoCoin Fest this year, Siri, at one time had a very difficult time pronouncing <laughs> that. I believe she would say Isaqua. <gasps> yeah. And we have no idea why. I wish I would recorded that. They they fixed it soon <laughs> after. But besides Siri and that unique pronunciation, can you tell us why you chose this particular location? Um, yeah. Uh Seattle is the home of geocaching. And we've got an eight cache. We've got a geocaching HQ. Um, so we wanted the attendee experience uh, to try out some new stuff and sort of bring it um, back to the three committee members who run GeoCoinFest each year. Uh, one of them is myself. The other one is Princess Trouble. And uh, Broncos Fan is the third person. So we wanted to try some new formats and try some new cool stuff. And Issaquah was a central enough location, so it's outside of the city, so you're not dealing with um, actually being in Seattle. Uh, it's just up the road from the Ape. And um, I would like to say it's easy to get to, but, you know, with Seattle traffic, who knows? But anyway, yeah. uh, it's <laughs> that's the kind of... Uh, we were looking at a place which has some, you know, unique and interesting things like the hatchery, 
triple X root beer and uh, sort of a kitschy downtown as well. So nice. Now you mentioned the Sasquatch, Sasquatch coin hunt, and we had a couple yeah. of questions in the chat. First one was from three hams. We told you we'd get to this. Um, the geocoin challenge on Saturday, do we earn the Sasquatch hunter coin or is it something else? Yes. And so there's a, there's a gold version of the coin. Uh, for, uh, which is available to the first 300 people and uh, who complete a passport. Uh, there's a kickoff event at Top Pot Donuts in Issaquah uh, where we'll hand out the passports and there'll be 30 spots you need to go find. Uh, they're all listed out. They'll all be listed out there. 20 of them are lab caches that I mentioned before, 10 gadgets, 10 virtuals, and then the other 10 will be footprints. So you've got to go find Sasquatch footprints and go get it um go get the information from that and then when you hand in your passport um uh at geocoin fest uh you'll exchange it where well, you can keep the passport but you'll exchange it for a coin so it's basically a free coin nice now can you only get that sasquatch coin on saturday saturday and sunday you can get is- it both days okay right very cool so that answers some great questions from the chat thank you very much you guys keep them coming um, now I had noticed a little while ago, there was a message that came out all over everywhere on social media that said last day to register for the event. So is it too late to register to, to come and attend the event? Like, is that done? Like, don't even bother. No, not at all. You can definitely attend. It's, uh, basically we close down the registration. So, um, we have to order all of the t-shirts and we have to order all of the swag and all that kind of stuff. So we needed a little leeway time with that to be able to get all that stuff ordered. Um, so it's still open to post a will attend. It's still open to come along and, um, write your name on a name tag. Uh, you won't be getting a uh, pre-printed name tag, but um, it's certainly uh, open to everybody. Very cool. So it's not too late. So if you're still debating or if this is the first time you've heard about it, you can still come and enjoy it. Cool deal. Nice. Well, it sounds like you've been working on details of this for a long time. How long has this been in the planning? Can you tell us a little more about the people that are organizing this event? Yes, so uh, we've been hashing away at this for a little over a year now. Uh, Geocoin Fest, as I said, moves around uh, the country. And so um, the next year's event will be announced at the end of this Geocoin Fest. So it gives them basically 12 months to plan the thing. So we've been working away, chipping away at uh, working on different formats and different uh, games and stuff like that, promotion, building the social media and stuff so it's it's been a long haul so we're uh, getting into the uh end stretch now wow. nice so we've got uh just about a month to prepare for this what uh what should we do to get ready i mean besides stretching because you you have to stretch before anything yeah uh is there anything i should bring or pack or carry with me um not over especially it's uh very similar to uh other events i would um the biggest thing i would do is to sit down and look at the schedule we've got a lot of things going on and like you said earlier you said oh my goodness this is you know from wednesday until sunday so it, it is literally five days um four and a half days of events and meeting people 
and knowing where to be and all that kind of stuff. So that's would be my biggest suggestion is to look at the schedule and see what you want to attend, what geocoins you might want from events and stuff like that, and how much you're going to participate in in a lot of the stuff, uh, whether you want to try and snag a tag or if you want to do the Sasquatch hunt. Um, Those sort of things will obviously take some time. And then for out-of-towners, um, if you haven't done the ape cache, we have suggestions for attractions in the area, how long that's going to take, how long it's going to take to get to HQ and do that. If you're crazy and want to do the triad in one day, which is what some people are going to try and do, um, it's going to take you five hours to drive down to Portland, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so I, I do have a, a question here on some of the stuff. You talked about the uh, the Sasquatch Passport. So like a um, any kind of geocoin challenge, you need to um, track whatever the code words or whatever it is into the passport in order to redeem and, and get your coin, I'm assuming. That's correct? Yes. Okay. Um, if you don't, if you're not signed up and you're not getting a registration package per se, can you still get the passport, the Sasquatch passport there on the site somewhere? Yes, the passport will be available. I will have them printed out, but um, they'll be available at the kickoff event on the Saturday morning. And then there's uh, during the Saturday, we'll be in the downtown Issaquah area at the old Shell Station all day uh, that people can pick up passports there or they can pick them up at the poker event in the evening or they can pick them up actually at GeoCoin Fest. So lots. And then by that stage, we'll be throwing them at people. So um <laughs> So that they definitely, uh, if they come, if they come out of there and they uh, don't have a passport or didn't get one thrown at them, then uh, I'm going to be disappointed. So, <laughs> okay. Now you made a mention or made a reference to out of towners. Uh, people here local to the Puget Sound region know that. Well, it, apparently, people can just set up a tent on any city sidewalk and just claim residency, but. Geocachers might want a little more comfortable accommodations. Are there options right in the local area there to stay overnight for out-of-towners? Uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few options on our website uh, that offer some block GeocoinFest rates. Uh, we actually have an official hotel. Uh, it's called a host hotel. Uh, we do this for every GeocoinFest, and that's the Hilton Garden Inn in Essequar, and we have a very good group rate with them. Uh, a couple of the events are actually going to be the poker tournament and as well as the welcome meet and greet will be at that uh, site and they have a free shuttle uh, all around Issaquah. So, you know, if you can get to the hotel, then you can get wherever you want to go and uh, they'll shuttle you around and stuff. That sounds great. And for those of people that might've missed it, the website is geocoinfest2018.com, right? Yep. Perfect. Very cool. Now, uh, you've mentioned some of these satellite events and that things are going on for like from Wednesday through to Sunday. Sunday, of course, being the uh, the mega event itself. But um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's also stuff going on. Uh, one of them, like the Triple X Root Beer Drive-In event. Tell us more about these satellite events. Okay, so the satellite events are one of my favorite components of Geocoin Fest because it's really a chance to take. Um, attendees and visitors and visit some really cool local places. Uh, when I've been to coin fests in other places around the country, those are like always the fun sort of getting to do some cool stuff. Um, I went to a geo coin fest in Portugal where 400 of us 
were on mountain bikes and so was mountain bike was there too and we were going down cobblestones finding caches at night with a police escort and the police would wow. rush out ahead stop all the traffic and then we'd all ride our bicycles down there go caching find the next cache and then continue on and so that was kind of crazy uh i don't think we would be able to ever do that here um <laughs> just with the safety concerns and everything. But um, those, those sort of things are always fun. And so uh, we've designed these events to really show off some of the local things in the area. Um, on the Wednesday, we're, as I mentioned, we're at the Rogue Ale House, uh, which is right next to the hatchery. Uh, so we can go see the big fish migrating. That's really cool. Thursday is kind of a uh, Fremont Center of the Universe Day. Um, the lackeys are putting on an event um, over there. And so uh, people will be able to go visit HQ, do the geo tour, go visit some lackeys and stuff like that. On the Friday, we head back over to our side and uh, we have a event at the triple X root beer diner, which is the uh, burgers and root beer. And then in the evening we have uh, the welcome event where that's the first sort of official event where you can go pick up your event packet and get your t-shirts and get all the stuff there and get your name tags and all of that. And then Saturday we have the Sasquatch hunt, which we talked about. Uh, the lab caches also go live Saturday morning at the top pot donuts there. And so we'll be handing out uh, passports and things like that and uh, trying to help people with that. And then um, every single GeoCoin Festus has a GeoCoin poker tournament um, dating all the way back to 2007. And so um, there'll be a chance to sit down. It's th uh, three coins, uh, three geo coins buy in. And the winner actually wins a huge pot of these geo coins and selects the geo coins. And even for just playing, you get um, you get a you get a uh, poker chip geo coin for just playing or even hanging out at the hotel. We'll have all kinds of raffle uh, door prizes and stuff like that. So. so so this is interesting because I thought it was like a, a poker run, but this is actually like a sit down with cards, play poker for GeoCoins. Yes. Oh. Are you using GeoCoins instead of chips to bet and such? Uh, the final table we tend to, yes. Okay. But they don't stack very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, I got you there. That's cool. Hey, um, while we're we're talking about this stuff, I noticed um, Broncos fans for life is our Broncos fan for life is in the chat and said there are still five volunteer spots they would like to get filled for GeoCoin Fest at the end of uh, September. There, so um, folks, go on to the GeoCoinFest2018.com website, click on the link to sign up as a volunteer and earn yourself a special coin and a shirt. So there you go. Five people. That's all they need. Five more. Get in there, folks. We got more than that watching the show tonight. Yeah. We could we could have those spots filled, be done, and have a caching in the Northwest presence at Geocoin Fest 2018. There you go. Very cool. Uh, Patrick McCauley in the chat asked if all the events are kid-friendly, and Broncos Fan for Life said yes. All the events are both kid and kit-friendly. So yeah. you can so, bring your baby box. Yeah, I was gonna say, and yeah. travel bug-friendly. Oh. <laughs> friendly. Yeah, that's cool. Large containers in which to to uh, pick up and leave travel bugs. Pretty much, and and probably coins too, right? Probably so. They will be coin friendly as we geocoin friendly as well. Nice. So I I asked a little bit about clarity around the um, the poker challenge. Can you tell us a little bit more about 
that poker challenge? Uh, so basically, uh, people will be showing up around five, um, and we get we get together a bunch of players. Um, they'll be assigned their tables. We have a couple people coming in from Nebraska who are going to run it for us. And uh, they ran it last year and the year before, and have done an outstanding job with that. Uh, they run it, run the tournament, and um, you have three coin. You need to three coin buy in, which means you need to bring three coins, put them into the main pot, and then the top three finishers get. I, I don't quote me on this, but maybe fifty, thirty, and twenty percent of the pot. So you get to win a huge amount of um, geo coins. If you're not into actually playing. Um, people will be hanging out at the restaurant. People will be hanging out in the room. Um, we'll have bounce bounce there once again with some of his gadget caches for people to, uh, solve and stuff like that. So there's, there'll be plenty to do and just kind of hang out on a Saturday night. Very cool. Now, if, if folks are interested in learning more about this event or signing up to, to attend or volunteer or volunteer, Uh, do we want to remind them, uh, Mark, where should they go? Um, so there's a couple of places. Uh, Geocoinfest2018.com is the website. The um, And then we also have um, social media, uh, Facebook group, uh, community group. Uh, so if you look up Geocoinfest uh, in Facebook, you'll find our page, which we, we spit out a lot of information. And then the community group, if they have questions, and all that kind of stuff. And then Poster will attend on the actual uh, geocaching page. And uh, we will ha- we have a schedule up in each of those places. We have an explanation of all the games uh, on the website. Uh, we have swag available now for sale. And we have um, basically everything you need to know about attending this, this event. Very cool. And nice. uh, again, the GC code is GC. Seven Charlie X Ray eight Foxtrot. Um, oh, and Broncos fan for life in the chat made an important clarification about the poker. Um, the coins that you put into the pot have to be unactivated coins, <laughs> which makes sense when she explains that. But yeah, it's important, right? Because I mean, if you win somebody else's activated coin, what what fun is that? Yeah, but you get to move it to one of the cash, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Now, Broncos fan who who's very active in the chat also says that one of the lab caches uh, is only available on Sunday. Is that true? Uh, that's what we're planning on. Uh, we have a gadget cache that um, we don't want to reveal until the Sunday. So uh, if we uh, there's a farmers market at Pickering Barn on the Saturday, and so we don't really want to install it early when there's hundreds of people walking by it and looking at it and stuff like that so uh we're looking at uh installing that one uh early saturday uh sunday morning actually at the main event okay that makes sense good stuff all right well um mark was there anything else important around this event that you want to share um just basically um hope hope to see everybody there um Hope to see you guys at a booth there um, talking and doing what you do and uh, spreading the good word and cheer. And, uh, yeah, basically just, you know, turn on turn on up to uh, all the side events and, um, you know, have fun the whole weekend. Great. Talking is what we do. <laughs> Except for Land Monkey. Yeah, he actually caches. <laughs> Wits hey. End and I just talk. 
Yeah. Well, and and to Mark's point, I think it's really cool. We have been uh, given a, a booth, mm-hmm. uh, so or a space at Sunday's big mega event. So, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you come by and say hi. And really importantly, we are going to have a free draw for a bunch of this cool BCGA swag that they've uh, given to us, including uh, geocoins. So there's there's one of the BCGA geocoins unactivated. Uh, that you can win. Um, that you might. Of, well, no, it'll be it'll be too late for the poker. It'll be too late for the poker, so you can't use it for that. But um, you will get a BCGA coin and a little prize pack. Um, so thank you very much to BCGA for sponsoring this contest. So the way you get into the contest is you come down to GeoCoin Fest and you find one of the three of us sometime during that weekend. It doesn't have to be on the Sunday. Just find us. Look for us. Find us. Uh, you can find me by recognizing my back, usually. Um, anyway. Uh, Is that when people follow you? <laughs> that's right. right. Follow me to a, to a Follow, stalk. It's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, there, there is one other thing. Uh, we also do have a raffle. We have a raffle, a very special raffle, if I can announce that. Go for uh, it, to, to people. Um, we have uh, for raffle a mountain bike G- version 6 special edition Geocoin that is actually activated in the Geocoin Fest account's name. And so the winner of that raffle will actually be able to transfer and adopt it over to so this is the first time that i know of that a uh, mountain bike coin uh could be actually owned by somebody else so um it's very cool the tickets are going to be five dollars each and um anybody can buy them as long as you're over the age of 18 uh you don't have to be present to win and so uh yeah just bring hundred dollar bills it's good (laughs) (laughs) large cash bills will be accepted that's right it gives you more chances to win, but that is, that is pretty epically amazing to get the opportunity to win a mountain bike coin. That's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So there you go. So definitely uh, make sure you buy a raffle ticket into uh, that opportunity when you're down there. And like I was saying, if you want to get a chance to win some of the BCGA swag um, from our show, uh, find one of the three of us uh, at in, in the Issaquah area, in that during that weekend mm-hmm. ask us for a ticket to the draw we will give you your ticket and we'll explain how it works if if we need to at the time and then show up at noon at our booth on sunday and uh we'll see who wins it's nice. that simple sounds great mark thank you so much for being with us on the show now we do a little thing we call the after show if you want to stick around if you have to go i completely understand but uh, once again, thank you for being on and talking about GeoCoin Fest. This is going to be an exciting event right here in our backyard. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Now, folks, next week, before you leave, I want to hit you up and let you know that next week we are going to be talking with the people at LogWork. Their, their tagline is hiding caches that last. Hmm. September 13th. Oh, go ahead. I'm not sure if that's their tagline. That's just what we're calling that show. So oh. I just, just for, I thought, it, okay. I thought I read that on their website, but they uh, they've got a really cool idea in logs and we'll show that to you next week. September 13th. We are talking with Carly from HQ about 
geocaching.edu. So, how very cool is that? I think that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool, yeah. All right. Well, and of course, as we always do before we wrap things up, we want to thank our faithful Denali level supporters. I've mentioned a few times during the show that would be Bounce Bounce, also uh, active in the chat tonight, Team Squirrel, and our other sponsor, WorldCaching.com. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website. And of course, we super duper appreciate all of our sponsors uh, and everybody who supports our show through Patreon. So a big thank you goes out to B Pendragon, Broncos Fan for Life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Tick Magnet, Kev Macdy, Subway Mark, Dora Moore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, Geo Navpros, Wino Seattle, Akerdock, OBX Geek, Billy Robson, Nizon, Teus, Keats 94, Curiosity Girl, Trexer Zero, and MC3 Cats. Well done. Thank One you. One breath. Well done. Yes. Always impressive. Okay. Well, there are some great shows coming up, but until that time, Maybe somebody would like to reach out and get in touch with one of us. In fact, maybe somebody would like to get in touch with our guest, Avro Air. Mark, how would you like people to contact you if they've got questions about GeoCoinFest or just want to say hey and thanks for coming on the podcast? Uh, you can reach me by uh, through the geocaching uh, website or um, Avro Air at sbcglobal.net and uh, just send me an email or uh, just hit me up at a local cache. Because, you know, we all go caching, right? Absolutely. Some of us more frequently than others. Speaking of frequent cashers, Land Monkey, how about you? Me? Yeah, I get out every once in a while. Um, (laughs) Hey, if you want to find out more about us, uh, of course, the website's landmonkey.blogspot.ca. And, uh, or even easier to remember is uh, adventuregeocaching.com. We'll also take you to our blog. Um, probably the best way is we encourage folks to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. It's at LandMonkeyGC. And, um, you know, those uh, those new videos have been coming out on YouTube. Um, Iceland 1 and 2 are out. Uh, so that's season 1, episodes 1 and 2. Episode 3 is in the works. I'm working on editing. It should be out soon. And that'll be Norway. So stay tuned for that. Look for us, LandMonkey, L A N. M-O-N-K-E-Y on YouTube. What's in, my friend? How do people find you? Well, I'm here and there and about. Uh, the best place to find me is, well, right here on Thursday night. But between Thursdays, hit me up on geocaching.com or Twitter. I'm just plain old what's in. Chris of the Northwest, you, sir? Look for me anywhere you can find Caching NW. Twitter, Facebook, geocaching.com. There, I'm Chris of the Northwest. But it's better to head on over to cachingnw.com slash hosts. Read those bios, find the links that we just mentioned, and those secret ones that we don't tell anybody. Ooh, now I'm intrigued. Yes, I know, aren't you? It's all super duper top secret stuff. Yeah. It's uh, encrypted in ROT 13. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those rotten people. Yep. Oh, I, uh, you would be pleased to know, Chris, I, uh, during Daryl's live Periscope this evening, um, he was showing that he got a Rot 13 wooden coin. And I said, oh, that's a Rot 10 coin, Rot 10 wood coin. <laughs> and Daryl's response, typical Daryl, was, no, no, it's Rot 13. <laughs> <laughs> not Rot 10. It's not Rot 10. It's Rot 13. <laughs> we should make a Rot 10 coin. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, it was fun. It's always fun to bug Daryl. He's such a good sport. 
All right. Well, folks, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. And remember that you can, of course, be a part of this show by calling 253693TFTC and leaving us a comment, asking us a question, buying us a coffee without pumpkin flavoring any time of the day or night. And of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support helps to keep quality shows coming. Uh, which are the shows with guests. Um, if you enjoyed this show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. The show is produced by Chris Umfenauer and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris, Jay, and Jim Paulwitz. This show is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Copy all right, all right, all right, 2018 by Chris Umfenauer. Now, folks... As always, we encourage you to stay tuned for The After Show. Ah, thanks for joining us in The After Show. I gotta remember to stop letting Land Monkey read the ending there. <laughs> well, then you're gonna have to start writing the show notes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay. Hey, folks, if you're new to the podcast, The, the After Show. It's just fun to do it. Uh, is a time where we uh, interact with those who are watching us live, uh, get to some of the things in the chat that maybe didn't fit into the topic of the show. And it's just fun. Not all things are serious in the after show. Not on this show. <laughs> Even during the show, not all things are serious. Um, Mark, we want to start off with something that three ham said. He says uh, we booked at the Hilton garden. Thank you so much for the group rate of $109. The regular is $240 a night. So you, oh, you wow. did a great job there. That is a oh, big difference. I, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely um, expensive in Seattle area. Yes. So, Yeah. But well, more, than, more than 50% off is always a good deal. Yeah, no kidding. That's what I was looking at. That's, that's crazy, crazy. The only issue that they've had is is that the group rate is actually under a king bed. And so some geocachers have emailed me and said, look, I'm not sleeping with that dude. How do I get two queen beds? And yes. I'm like, just got to call the hotel. I'm like, I'm not judging you, but you just need to go and call the hotel, okay? <laughs> you have to sleep under the king bed? You can't sleep on top? No, under the king bed is the... And the, that's where the low, low price oh, is. Gotcha. Okay. You get it? You pay the higher price to sleep on top of the bed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the hotels get you. Every time. Every time. Oh, you wanted blankets. Mm. And 3M says they got two queens for the 109 rate. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Closer oh, to Seattle, there's lots more queens. I was going to say, I wonder if they got two beds there. That sounds like they're uh, they're already getting ready for that poker game. Yeah. <laughs> Two oh, queens. two queens. Uh, mm -hmm. There is something to be said about going to a geocaching event and being able to just push an elevator button and go to bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You Fair mean sleep enough. in the elevator? It, it, it's a little cramped, yeah. but and it's not quite a king. It's more like a jester. But, yeah. And there you've you got go. people walking in on you all night long. Terrible. Well, you know, that's your wake up call, right? Yeah. Well, it does have its ups and downs. It oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the after show. Isn't the after show lovely? The what? The the you after have to show. say that with an echo. Oh yeah, they see. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um uh what was I gonna say? 
I don't. Oh, I, was, I was looking at the, I was looking at the chat and I got distracted. But I noticed uh, wet coasters back. Hey, wet coaster. Good hey, buddy. Uh, and he said it's really expensive when the Blue Jays play in Seattle, and that that's right because that's when Canada invades Seattle. I've been among to other a, times. We, we invite I've been to a Mariners game. Yeah, we invite fact, the Canadians. To come yeah, it's actually a Blue Jays money. game. The Blue Jays are just polite enough to let the Mariners show up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this season. <laughs> oh well, you do what you can, right? Exactly. Mm. So, Witsan, did you have a comment for the after show there? Actually, this I thought of this last week, and I didn't have a chance to get it in there. It was a question for the geocaching community at large, and, well, for our loyal listeners here more specifically. So, here's a question. If you own a geocache, let's just say hypothetically, you've actually placed a geocache, and thank you for contributing to the geocaching community. I made a sly reference earlier to people sleeping on sidewalks and stuff, but let's just be honest. The homeless population has increased quite a bit around the Puget Sound region as of late. And maybe this cache has a lot more homeless activity right near ground zero than it did way back when you placed that cache. Are you doing the geocaching community a disservice by maintaining that cache? Should you keep that cache active so to pr promote more traffic to that area and maybe discourage the homeless traffic uh, camp there? Or are you maybe putting geocaches at risk by keeping that cache active where there is an active homeless population? And maybe it's just time to let this geocache location retire it. Uh, have an archive party, maybe. Ooh, it. it could happen. That's my answer to everything. Is <laughs> archive party. Um. I'm going to, I'm going to wade in here first and just, you know, please caution to the wind. Um, my, my, uh, absolute answer on this is it depends. Uh, no, so, no, no, you can't do that. So, That's my answer. So, qual <laughs> <laughs> so, so qualifying, it depends. I'm going to say if there is something particularly special about this cash, if it's like a Jasmine filler, sure. if it's, um, if there's, you know, something super significant about this cache, if it's loaded with favorite points, if there's some reason this is a, a really tough nut to let go, um, I would say disable it. Um, if there's, uh, an organization that you, in your area that you can report the homeless camp to, um, you know, do that and see how things pan out over the next while, see if those people get the help they need to move on. Um, yeah, I think I, I have an extreme view on this. Sorry, go for it, Mark. I, I said, I think I have an extreme view on this. I mean, for me, if a cache has run its course, it's run its course. It doesn't matter what the cache is. I mean, we had, what was it, 14 or 16 ape caches, and there's only two left now. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, okay, um geocaching safety is more paramount to i mean you can gain favor if it's a, something that got favorite points then it's going to get favorite points if it's moved to another location or something like that um i i just you know i just i always just say okay like i said cache safety first and Absolutely. so and we've been thinking about that with some of our spots um for the sasquatch hunt and stuff like that it's sort of like okay would I bring a kid here? Would I, is it kid friendly? Would I um, go here at dusk by myself? Those kind of questions, because 
Um, is this a good spot with those sort of metrics in mind? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I totally agree with the safety first piece. I think I was just getting at if so, and I hear what you're saying about the favorite points, but if the favorite points were for the location, um, then I, I don't know, I would still be kind of hesitant to completely archive it. And I would, I would want to at least disable it for a while and see how things play out, but totally agree, um, that I wouldn't, I would, I would totally agree that I would not just leave it. Um, yeah, I would definitely disable it at least if I get reports that there's a homeless camp at ground zero. Fair enough. Yeah. I was looking for the feedback. I, you know, I joked about hypothetical situations, but this is actually a cache of mine. Uh, listening to the podcast notified me that couldn't find it. And I went back and said, actually, I ran into them at this peaches and P ran into them at, at, uh, the going at the event and said, I'm sure you looked in all the great places. It's, it's nothing really all that. It's not a gadget cache. It's nothing really dramatic. It's a Altoids tin in the end of a guardrail, nothing fancy. And they checked all that. I rode by a couple of days later and it is not there. Mm-hmm. So it is currently disabled. I've never seen any actual homeless at this location, but there's evidence that there are there's so, homeless activity there. So I have to ask, you said it's currently disabled. I have to ask, how is it disabled? Uh, it's disabled. Leg disabled. Leg disabled. Okay. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Okay. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody stole yeah. its wheelchair. <laughs> hey. yeah. Stuck in the loo. <laughs> so yeah, and that was you you guys have all pretty much echoed my sentiments as well, but I thought, well, I'll just check and see. Yeah, you know, homeless camps are an interesting topic to work around. Uh, you know, I don't remember them early on. I, I've come across a couple um, you know, several years ago, and it was like, oh. That's interesting. Well, you know, it's fine. Well, you know, it wasn't bad, but they've, they've become much worse. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that safety, I think is the paramount concern. Absolutely. And just the, the reference I was just making with, with Jim and Chris, (laughs) (laughs) how is it disabled? uh, If you, if you think I'm just being really insensitive and crass, you uh, are. I am, but also you need to check out the reference I'm making, which is to the show, the IT crowd. Yeah. Uh, And I believe the episode is the workouting. So Mm -hmm. that sounds right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leg disabled. (laughs) One of my favorite lines from the episode is, yes, miss. (laughs) Right at the end. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Oh, yeah. IT crowd. I'm wearing a shirt that I received for my birthday. It's the. IT crowd theme with the elders of the internet. Yes. And the new did emergency you, number. Did you translate the Latin at the bottom there? Uh, yes. Protecting the world from chaos. There you go. <laughs> nice. So speaking of safety, um, how's your father doing um, from the, uh, from the uh, pirate event? That's what it's called, right? Yes. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, I've learned a lot about my father. I thought I knew him well. One of the things I didn't know about him is he gets seasick. And uh, as uh, as we were out in the boat, the boat did a lot of turning around. It seemed to be that the Lady Washington was in the middle and the other boats were going around the outside. And uh, that got him seasick. And uh, the EMT described it best when 
He says, you know, when you get when you get sick, blood rushes to your stomach. Your heart rate increases to pump that blood back up to your head. He's on medications that keep his heart rate at a set uh, pace. So um, there was just no blood going to his head and out he went. He said he was just about to tap me on the shoulder and go, I don't feel right. And he says, the next thing I know, I'm looking over him going, dad, dad. <laughs> so uh, he is fine. He's back to uh, his normal routine. I think he walked five miles today. Great. Um, you know, typically he walks between three and five miles a day with the dog. And he's he's really well. We went and saw his cardiologist. And uh, the tests they did in Bremerton were actually better had better results than the test he had uh, a couple of years ago. So he's doing quite well. Thank you so much for asking. Okay. Well, that's, that's great to hear. It it was, it was um, disconcerting. I'll put it that way, you know, to see him pass out. Being being somebody who does pass out at different things. My wife dislocated her pinky one time and uh, I went down like a sack of potatoes when the (laughs) doctor explained how to, put it back together <laughs> and uh they said i had a smile on my face i'm like yeah because i had cosby stills and nash in my head and woke up and i was on the floor so <laughs> uh which particular cosby stills and nash song uh it was like do 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 so you know i was <laughs> I, I was so happy happy on the floor lying there it was great but, <laughs> that- yeah isn't that a uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song? I'm trying to remember if Neil Young was with them for that song. If it's a good song, there was probably Neil Young was probably not involved. <laughs> Ouch! Just thinking. Sweet and by Judy the way, Blue Eyes. Chris says I, th- I think has also uh, arranged to not take his father on anywhere near a, a boat the day before GeoCoin Fest. Okay. Yeah, no. In fact, I'm not taking him even near the water anymore. <laughs> you know what? So- What's so funny is uh, my dad has moved here about three years ago, so there's still some things in the area that I'd like to show him. Uh, I saw that there was a tour of Stadium High School. You know, Stadium High School here in Tacoma uh, was an old hotel, very regal, castle-looking. I thought, oh, that would be fun. He goes, I don't know if I want to go anywhere with you, he says. (laughs) (laughs) Last time you wanted to take me on a tour, it didn't end well. It's like, oh. Yeah. Just go just go to Netflix and watch 10 Things I Hate About You. It was filmed there. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And right down the street from me was that house. It just sold for, I think, $1.5 million. Mm. Maybe $1.6. Julia Stiles? Is that, yes. Is that... I believe she was in that movie, yeah. Okay. Pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> what brain cell was that in <laughs> yeah, the house sure. the house that the family lived in is is very close to chris's residence i i wasn't uh in town it may not have been in the country when it was actually filming and uh i i bought the house for my in-laws and they went down to watch the filming because you know it's the thing to do in the neighborhood and you know it was quite interesting they'd taken out the windows so they could zoom right through the windows Mm-hmm. give you good wow. shots like that i my mother-in-law said she screamed when you know oh you're gonna break the window oh it's gone there's no window there <laughs> funny hey uh chris over in the chat patrick mccauley noted that they're very happy to hear about your dad they said they were also in the lady washington and his wife assisted uh with your dad and was wondering how he 
very good is is was she the nurse she came in and and knew what to do you know i got him up and seated but laying him in the recovery position you know really snapped him back to consciousness and and he was doing well so thank you so much um you know patrick if you uh if you hit me up on geocaching.com through the chat there i'd love to uh say thank you to your wife specifically she was a huge help awesome that's cool and uh, i have noted that uh, stadium high school is tacoma's answer to hogwarts i didn't know you guys had a magic school <laughs> that's cool well you know we don't tell people about it yeah but patrick said his wife uh, yeah. is or was an emt so there you go nice very cool nice it's it's nice when these stories have good endings exactly. absolutely exactly so yeah we uh, we spent way too long in bremerton hospital and didn't need to Ah, uh, but the lawyers said you had to. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, they had a lot of diagnostic equipment they wanted to use. One of <laughs> they those had the tools, machine that goes bing. <laughs> one of those tools was not the telephone. Pick up and call, and we can tell you exactly what's going on. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, it's just about coming up on ten o'clock. So, do we want to call it a night? And it's a night. It's up? a night. Well, thanks very much for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. It was great having you along. Yeah, you've been a great guest, and we learned a ton about this event. I am so looking forward to coming down and checking this out. Definitely. Mark, thank you for being on. You know, the offer that you can come on anytime is real. I'm not saying that just to sound nice. Well, I'm not scared, so. Oh, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Hey, guys, we didn't scare them this time. We'll try harder next. We scared time. other guests. It was oh, the first time for everything. Just can just continue with obscure eighties and seventies stuff, and you know I'll still be able to come up with it, even if it's a nineteen ninety movie with the nineteen ninety nine movie with. I believe Heath Ledger was in that movie too. I believe. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. And what book was it based upon? Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. That was the name of the movie. What was the? the it was a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Oh, the Taming of the Shrew. Very exactly. Good. Yeah, there we go. And that was just a guess. Oh, no, that's exactly <laughs> that's it. Pretty safe oh, guess for most yeah. of my three years of Thespian, <laughs> uh, Shakespearean uh, college. See, yeah. it didn't go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Barely. let's kill this thing. Okay. Good night, folks. Night. And until night. next week, get out and get catching in the Northwest.